What's going on, y'all? It's Crash Press. And this is Def C. And this is Two Thirds of Def Press. You're listening to the Cabbages Hip Hop Podcast. We'll be talking about movies and all kind of other shit. Tap in. What Mike School said. We back. We back. We are back, dogs. Savages has returned. We back. You, you, you got a taste of us at our highest, but now we are back to our lowest. <laughs> I gotta say, it's nice to be back, we back in the zone of Rotten Tomatoes scores in the twenties. I- think this was and wildly overrated at 27. 27%. I was shocked when it was that high. I thought for sure this was an 11. I had yeah. my whole, I put my whole life savings on 11 if I was allowed to. As it turns out, we back. Gary, we're back. Yeah. I mean, you guys have heard some really, uh, really good conversations about some really inspiring conversation. Like our Down with the King episode with AJ Swade. Like, We've talked about crazy rich Asians with Wally. Like we have gone into areas that talk about the breadth and depth of what rappers on screen can be. And today we bring we you white men can't back. We back. And we'll be right back. Oh no. Terrible. I am excited to introduce our guests for today's show. Joining us now are Def C and Crash Prez, respectively talented in their own right. The two Chicago-based rappers have joined forces under the moniker Def Prez. Produced by Knows the Time, their album It's Always a Time Like This dropped this past spring and is available wherever music is streamed or sold. Hello and welcome to you both. What's going on, man? Yeah, thank you for having us. Thank for you. For real, love. I love the record. And it was exciting when I first heard that you two were coming together. It was sort of like two worlds of, of people who I know in different kind of contexts. Uh, I've known, obviously, you know, Crash Prez on the writing side as well as the music side. Def C, you go back with Cabbages quite a bit, you know, took mm-hmm. one of our earlier stuff, like I think in like year two. So like, it's really great to kind of see people come together. And I always love when I see these collaborations happen and these projects happen. And this is a great execution of that. And so we thought like, we need to find the right movie for you guys to have mm. on the show. Oh, you're so and, sick. And we gave it a lot of thought. We did. And we decided this season we're doing what we call rapper movies. So it's rappers in sure. front of the camera, behind the camera. We gave it a right. lot of thought and we decided it's got to be 2023's White Man, White Can't, Man Jump. Can't Jump. Not even the OG, the new No, no. There's I, no I, rappers I, in the OG. Kadeem no Hardison's is not a rapper. Mm. Mm-hmm. I Dean Hardison's not a rapper. He's not. That, a rapper. That's, not. that's very. That's very funny that you needed to clarify. His name. That. His name rhymed in a different world, but he's not a rapper. Ah. Ah. Okay. Now I understand why you needed to make the distinction. Um. But yeah. <laughs> oh, you I do. Think, <laughs> I think. Uh, I think when I was when, tell me if I'm wrong, Michael. But mm-hmm. I think when uh, the PR guy hit us and was like yeah they want you to talk about white men can't jump 2023 i think my response verbatim was they're fucked up for that I no literally that verbatim that is that is a quote Direct they're quote. fucked up for that's fucked up mm. they're fucked up for that which is i mean i respect ladies I respect and gentlemen cabbages is there. back <laughs> so funny <laughs> we're back baby <laughs> now All everybody hates back. us again Live and direct. <laughs> you gotta understand that like we spent like the first like oh. four seasons of this podcast watching mostly garbage just mostly like yeah. the worst Total things trash a whole season of leprechaun yeah. movies like we first just, of all our first season was a whole season of hubie halloween which i just think is the a very one good movie, movie. Yeah. very good movie so let's let's, let's not slow five up on times that. slow up on that Shit. wow but 
when we started this season, the idea was we wanted to explore this idea of rapper movies. You know, this is the 50th anniversary year of hip hop, as every single corporation keeps telling me. And as a result, I thought, okay, well, let's let's get in on this. Let's cash in on this. And I think we've taken a very broad definition of rapper movie in this. Like we we did Yasin Bey in Be Kind Rewind. We uh, did an episode. Yeah, I'm sorry you guys didn't get that one. What a delight. Queen Latifah and Common and Just Right. We did Ice Cube mm. and Ghost of Mars. Like, so we've we've explored a lot of these different areas. And, you know, sort of you've extended the idea of like, what is a rapper movie? And then we get to, you know, I think we start with Jack Harlow. Obviously, it's a question of what is a rapper. And like, or like Hack Jarlow, if you know what I mean. So I really How just wanted want? to start, you know, there's so many <laughs> different ways we go. get into this. <laughs> Here you go, setting back interracial rap relations right now here you go it could you could have picked gridlocked like gridlocked oh gridlocked is a beautiful movie we're gonna do that at some point it was discussed but it would have been nice if it were our episode though that's all i'm saying i understand romeo must die something like that no that's not better michael romeo must die we actually you couldn't have had romeo must die because earlier this season we did cradle to the grave well, yep. oh, okay. Can't do cool. that. Can't do both. Yeah. So we can't do both. So we had our episode, and that was now, our drag on episode. I just want to. I want to. I want to bring up the technicality here, and then we can okay. move on to the movie itself. The technicality okay. being that there was another rapper in Cradle to the Grave. To the Grave. Mm. Yeah, I just said that. Right. So we could yeah. do Romeo Must Die if we want. No, we could. That is true. I guess. Okay. No, that's fair. Technically. We could, but we did. Uh, White men can't jump. Twenty twenty three. We did. How'd you guys like it? (laughs) (laughs) How was it? How'd you feel about it? No, 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 no. (laughs) No, no, no. You can't just jump right in. You can't (laughs) jump with both feet in there. No, no, no. I'm not about about to incriminate myself. Y'all not about to fuck up my uh, my motherfucking moonlighting turn. You loved this movie. I'm about to get my yeah, I loved it. Absolutely. I love everything King Ferris does. I'm about to when this strike is over, y'all niggas not playing with my y'all not fucking my money up. It's not happening. Don't tell me. No. Uh I love it so much, man. That that is yeah. I support any rapper making movies. <laughs> what Michael said. <laughs> I loved this film. This is why you can't jump in two feet. This is where you start. So I want to. All right. I want right. to start, start with, with basic. your question. I want to start with the basic. So I think okay. that I always at the very beginning we try to talk about <laughs> these things. Um, this is a basketball movie, ostensibly. Mm, Are you yes. basketball fans? Is this something that you guys care about? Do you play? Do you enjoy watching it? Like, what's your history with the sport in your life? I hate when niggas gamify rap like it's the exact same thing as sports. That's not why I don't really watch sports. I think mm. I watched sports when I was younger to like play into like a typical masculinity thing. Uh, I went to Washington games when I was younger, like football, not basketball. I, I think I've been to, like mm-hmm. a Wizards game or two, but like, okay, it was, it was passive. I used to watch like Mike and Mike in the morning randomly. I think that was more an interest in like talk radio as opposed. That was to, like, kind of a pop culture like, phenomenon in a way. Yeah. yeah, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, like I, I will like Sports Center was too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but so of course everybody's gonna watch Sports Center. You're not rocking with this shit, but like, nah, I think I just like like music and just ended up gay. So like, no. I think that's what it is. Look up. Uh, Not like, yes, no gay people like sports. I just quote me on that. Got you. All right. So this is a Patreon <laughs> episode now. Got it. <laughs> Goes behind the paywall. We keep going. Wow. I will, I will not quote you on that. Uh, so I... Uh, Wait, I, I can't love- make that type of joke? Hold on. What kind of jokes can I make? I, didn't say I, 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 I love the joke. I'm all in. I didn't say you couldn't make the joke. No. You make so whatever jokes you want. Now you gonna put me behind a paywall? What in this climate? You gonna put me behind a paywall? No, uh, there's no way this is going behind the paywall. <laughs> this no, there's not a chance in hell that this goes behind the paywall. We've laughed more in this episode than we have in the last five already. We've been giggling <laughs> for 15 minutes. Awesome. Yeah, and I'm warming up. This is all day. We haven't even started talking about so, the movie yet. All right, go ahead. All right, Adam FC likes no. like sports. You you tell him how you like sports. I, I'm a basketball. Basketball is my yeah yeah. So I like basketball. Um, I grew up in the Chicagoland area in the '90s, which was pretty much like you had to be a basketball fan, even if you weren't necessarily a fan of the Bulls. Like I was, it, I for my waking life. I could not remember from the ages of two to 10 
uh, I could not remember life without a Bulls championship. Mm-hmm. Like I couldn't even the even the 18 months Mike took off like I memory hold it. It was just mm-hmm. one consistent oh. championship run. Um, and uh, so and of course, like my dad was into it and then uh, I like playing it. But like rec league, I couldn't really it was I had like a Luke Longley skill set. It was like run to that. one end of the court, put your hands up in the air and stand as close to the basket as possible. All right, cool. What do I do on the other end of the court? The exact same thing. Stand right next to the basket and just be tall because I'm six six. So I've always right. been tall. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not when he's staying on his money, y'all. He's six six default. Oh wow! Ooh. I'm a lot shorter when I stand on my money. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> uh, so that's I a parable for this movie. Obviously, this is yeah, a movie yeah, about poverty real, in a lot of ways. So. I have two younger brothers who were both college basketball players. Mm. My brother Aaron played for Grinnell College and mm. was his teammate scored 138 points. In his one teammate game. was Jack. Uh, I forget. It's like, yeah, yeah, Jack, Jack Taylor. Taylor. Jack yeah, Taylor. I know exactly what brother, we're talking about. And my brother was the second highest scoring player on the team that game. He had like 13, but Amazing. he tells people that he and Jack Taylor combined for over 150 <laughs> points in <one> game. <laughs> it's not wrong. It's no, not wrong. Is it? Excellent. He's not wrong. wrong. And then that is how you do it. And then my youngest brother um, played at Loyola Marymount University Hmm. and then Long Beach State. So he played division one ball. He went to the same prep school as Andre Drummond. He played ball with Luol Deng's younger brother. Mm. Um, Small Deng. Yeah. Yeah. He went to Israel to play ball for a few years. And then he was a professional uh, basketball player. Yeah, and then played That's in dope. the league as well. So Gabe, Hi. my brother Gabe, um, is a basketball player, and yeah, I mean, I just I love talking about it. I love watching it. Do you, you got know. a deep and rich history with the game? Yeah. So okay. the other thing too is my uncle. I'll tell this story real quick. So my uncle, my mom's side of the family is from Detroit, and so we used to go to Pistons games all the time. Mm-hmm. So we were from like the end of the Grant Hill era, probably through the year or two after they won their most recent championship in like 03, 04. Mm-hmm. And so one of the games that we went to was the Malice at the Palace. Like we were. You were the- there? Yeah, we were there live. So oh, we were like, I was going to use was that. There. I was, was going to use that as an example in this film for something I actually yeah. liked about the film. I didn't watch it live per se, but. This was in the beginning of the ESPN break, like break into like live sports news era. Yeah. And I watched all the aftermath and they played it like a thousand times. I was addicted to that game. So to, to make I accidentally a... turn this TV on to that game when that happened. Because mm. I had cable in my room. It was kind mm. of an unavoidable moment. People were pretty wild about having opinions on it too. It was very like it was very racialized. Nascent, well. nascent virality, if you will. Yeah. And it was very like it was very racialized, too, because from being oh, there, very most of first of all, Detroit racism, like white Detroit racism mm. is its own viral strain of that. So mm. you're in a stadium full of people saying the wildest, craziest possible stuff to these players all game. And I'm on the same side of the stadium as the scores table where seven rows up from the floor. And after everything happens with like our test and Wallace getting into their little shoving match and our test is laying on the table and I'm down there like seven rows. I'm in the aisle, seven rows up from the floor. And then it was was like a movie. All of a sudden everything stopped and this one cup of beer comes flying out of nowhere and bounces off of Ron Artest's chest. And then he just jumps into the stands and all hell breaks loose. It was like a trigger popcorn flying like bottles of pop like every well uh uh bottles of soda i guess thank mm. you i needed the translation um, i wasn't gonna like... say that i wasn't gonna say that <laughs> yeah yeah you guys are welcome oh man i feel like such a sellout doing that Leader. that's uh, fucking wild it is wild that you were there yeah 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 so it was and so my dad calls me back up to the aisle and pulls me right out of the aisle mm. as the Haddad brothers run down to the floor to get yeah. by jermaine o'neill 
Like they were like there was a stampede to the floor. I was at the time that this happened, and we'll we'll we probably should talk about the movie at some point. We're doing anything we can uh, not to talk about this piece. No, this is great. This is great. (laughs) And uh, I was at the time my dad got into my dad and I got into a like heated, Mm. long standing argument about wrong and right in that scenario. Yeah, where I was like, please tell me that your crazy temperamental ass would take a beer to the back. Right. And still not to, and not turn around and at least start some shit. Tell a me beer? that's going to happen. And he was like, yeah, I was like, what line, like what lines are we allowed to cross? Because they're rich. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I get it. You're mad because they get paid to play a game that you love. I can go ahead and reveal my dad was a basketball coach. Okay. And his daddy before him also coached basketball in a much mm-hmm. more diminished capacity. My dad was a very good teacher of kids playing basketball Mm. any pretty much anywhere you go to do that you also have to teach yeah i don't know that he really cared about that part very much his Mm. obsession with teaching that game was beyond reproach Mm. and he was pretty fucking good at it and so i came up with like a really fundamental understanding of how the game worked etc etc i wrote sports for a, a couple few years including a basketball article about the hornets Oh wow! Um, Wait, are you the scriptwriter of the NBA? Like, you make the storylines for the NBA? I wish, man. That oh, dude, we would be having a lot more fun <laughs> if I were writing the scripts. This would be a much different sport. But it, it's a deep history. My family generally is obsessed with the sport, um, and it's something I'm an NBA junkie. You mm. said watch all of it. Any that was on TV, I'd find and watch it. But now I've limited myself to the pros because I want a life outside of sports <laughs> being a sports writer was right it was so much sports yeah i can imagine and especially you know when you cover something like that something you love like that especially on the inside it's you there you also it's tough it. you i took it too personally too i didn't i yeah. i'm 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 a baby they like yelled at me when i wrote stuff and i was like i don't like it they yelled at me yeah. nascent internet days so we've established the connection. Gary is wearing a basketball hat. So obviously he's a huge basketball guy. Of course. He's wearing a Charlotte yeah. Hornets hat. <laughs> My experience with basketball is I've seen both Space Jam 1 and uh-huh, 2. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And that's kind of it. Like, to me, when I was growing up, basketball gear was just something you wore. Mm-hmm. I would hang out on the court at school or whatever, sure. or after school. But I was not, by any sense... Uh, it's an attraction for sure. I wasn't athletic. I wasn't athletic, but like it was like I had the gear <clears throat> and Hornets gear and the Looney Tunes with the backwards hats. Yes. And like that's the that's the stuff. That was that was my world, and I stand by it. And so you've just always been cool. I just always incredible. Been cool. Yeah, incredible. Something not it's remarkable life. You but better have so a bronze jersey or a mellow jersey when you're younger. If you're in my age group, like you just gonna have it because that's the yeah. Dress for yeah. yeah. It's just what, it's just and what basketball it shoes were culture for shoes. Exactly, they truly were. Like running shoes came in a little later with the fashion trends, but fashion trends went through basketball. So yeah. I guess, given that I have you know fairly limited experience with the sport, I don't watch professional basketball. I don't mm-hmm. really know much of what's going on. There's names that I recognize, names I don't. It's but like because this movie is so much about so much involves street ball and also involves like people who wanted to be in the NBA is is street ball as boring as this movie like lets on to be? Oh God, it's way more boring. Yeah, are you kidding me? Like street ball is yeah. the ab- listen. Street ball is the absolute lowest common denominator of watching basketball. The rules are determined by the people on the teams that are playing the game. Okay. So half of your time out there, you're arguing about calls or I, or kvetching about calls. And then yeah. the other half, you know, unless you've played with some dudes a bunch of times, basketball is like very team. You really need to play with the same people a lot unless they're just really good and it doesn't matter what you do. But yeah. like if you play with the same group of people for a long time, you might score a lot, but you're going to watch a lot of dudes taking terrible jumpers, a lot of like bad pick and roll mishaps, turnovers. It's a really, it can be a very ugly and fouls, lots of fouls because a lot of dudes don't call shit. And so Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's a messy game. Uh, That said, I loved doing it. I loved going out and playing street ball. I did a lot. 
Mm-hmm. I love how one of the first like shots is Kamal telling bro like to this game, and he goes like, "It's win by two. He said, "Not a here, it ain't." Nah, no, exactly. <laughs> the truly minus the fact that like some of it was doctored, obviously, and you know, I don't believe that these dudes could actually do some of these moves. But like generally, the play was entertaining. Yeah, I, I thought they did a good job. Man. Like yeah. it, it was believable. It was modern. Uh, it wasn't just like dudes standing around with jump shots, close-ups of jump shots all the time. Like these dudes went out and played some ball. They did some exercise. It looked pretty cool. Yeah. And thank you for translating, complaining to Kvetching for the the Jew over here. <laughs> oh, yeah, no problem. It's one of my favorite words. <laughs> that was that was very. That, I appreciated that. Thank you. It's uh, one of the it's one of the New York words he learned when he moved. But up it's here. truly oh, like man. it is the word for that situation. You're not complaining. Complaining is like I don't yeah. like what's going on here, and I'm going to let you know. Vetching yeah. is like, I am not letting this go. We are solving this issue now, or you'll never hear the end of it. Right. Over squabbling. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but you could say that I would argue of like any event without the pageantry of like live, whatever, mm. or officials or anything like that is going to look like that. To totally. a there's something, there's something pure about street ball that I really love. Oh yeah. Um, and especially like, some of the best competitive street ball changed how the game was played in the pros too. Like totally agree. Those, there are so many legendary street ball players who, even if they never went to the NBA themselves, inspired generations of people like Kyrie Irving, Jamal. Well, Crawford. the thing is, is that there were the, the beginnings of basketball, especially were, were such staunch rules. Yeah. That these yes. dudes were like inventing new ways of using the ball because there was no cops around. Right. Yeah. And you know and, what I mean? Uh, so they could do whatever. Uh, so it looked cool and it sounded cool and they could like say whatever the hell they wanted, which in competition gets real vicious yep. immediately. <laughs> Just yep. immediately. And you can do nothing about it. They are going to say some wild, foul shit. And usually at the end, usually like a majority of the time, you're gonna fist bump and then move to the next game. Yeah, and and the it's awesome. I gave my is. knees to street ball. I just gave them up. I was like, eh, take them. <laughs> I'll just do the surgeries, whatever. So did Jack Harlow or Jack yeah. Harlow? They gave uh, yeah. his character. I'm connected there. I'm out. Look how the fuck you said both your ACLs. He's trying to make the league. They go order. I can't. Look, I cannot let this slide. Yes, let's go. Slide. First of all. First, as so my brother who played at Grinnell, he tore his ligaments. It was like two minutes left in his senior night game. He mm. goes up for the rebound, comes down, tears almost all the ligaments in his right knee. Right. Yeah, same. Um, ligaments do not make a crunching sound when you hurt them. A. B, there is no way that he's dunking the ball, climbing up the backboard. And then landing like that without aggravating that injury in the same way that he did by just making a layup. It was, it was a it, it was, was a so, lazy writer's call. Yes. To just be like, call it ACLs because that's scary to people. Yes. But, but it's scary because it you can't play down. without oh. it. <laughs> like you can't just be like, I don't have either ACL and I'm out here like yeah, no. Crossing dudes up and pushing off and just like jamming the two hands. And he was just standing back up and the scene would just continue. He would walk out of the gym normally. Like was it the boo-boo right. that did that? Like it don't make sense. And and it's and the thing no, about bad. those tears is they limit the amount of lateral movement that you right, can do. Which is like, all basketball is. <laughs> it's all, it's, it's all, all street ball. Like how yes. many, like you have to dribble around the arc before you can even think about driving to the hoop. And then you have to be evasive right. and moving around. Like it just doesn't make, that was the, that was the thing about the basketball in the movie. In addition to the fact that like Jack Harlow does not strike me as uh, anybody's idea of a basketball player or nope. a talented basketball player. His co-star, however, oh yeah, that yeah, looked like basketball player. player. I was like, that's oh, that dude would definitely be a pro. That if something bad happened, they would not take a chance on. He right. had like a big frame, but he was a tweener kind of mm-hmm. for the NBA anyway. Yeah, you know he's like thirty-seven or thirty-eight in real life. He's playing twenty-seven in the movie, like effortlessly. Mm-hmm. That, that really fucked my head up. 
I had the homie no, like, uh-huh. I just re-ran it. Yes, no, look, Google it. Because like, I had him yeah, yeah, look up the yeah. credits. And I'm like, he's on Friday Night Lights. And I'm like, yeah. how old is he? Yep. What? Like, where, yeah. where are these trainers? You are not like a star. How are you? A, this is incredible. He's played what athletes before. You, you've been getting yeah. money for like 15 to 20 years at this point. Yeah. Damn. Are yeah. you questioning the casting of a movie directed by Cal Maddock, also known for directing the House Party remake that came out earlier this year? I can't. I refuse to say anything negative about anybody associated with Vince Staples. I okay. cannot. Staples is a much meaner person than I am. And I am going to get roasted within a centimeter of my life if I say anything negative. My issues <laughs> were the editing. Mm. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. And, Take and me. Let's do it. Oh, the script. The script. Oh, yeah. It, it was like somebody, Man. I looked at my notes. It was like somebody entered into an AI, write me a screenplay. Right. Gary said yes. the same like shit. A Twitter so- thread. This was a that, chat GPT that's, script. That's half Yo. of these fucking movies, especially when you're rebooting properties. Niggas is not going to write nothing no uh, more. It's getting really boring out this motherfucker, man. That's how my Vince story stable my Vince staple story, right quick. If you oh, want yeah. to. Yeah, please. Hold on. Apparently how he's shout out Vince Staples, great rapper. No. Shout I have out nothing Vince negative Staples. to say about you or anybody associated with you, Vince Staples. <laughs> I'm gonna talk about how I wronged you. I opened for Vince Staples summertime 06 tour. It was Madison's. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it was 2015, like the end of 2015. And, you know, like talked to him briefly or whatever. I, I was like really like fanned out. I'm not gonna lie, because like I was fucking with Vince since like Sean Coaching One. So I like mm-hmm. asked him in the green room if he could play 102. And he said he like just didn't have the beat because like it's probably like a really old file, but he's like said he appreciated it or whatever. After the show was over, he asked like, where do we get food at? And I was like, the only thing you really get is Wings Over Madison. Wings Over is like a chain. Like, I don't know if it's just Midwestern, but it's like one in Milwaukee, one in Madison. It tends to be around like a college campus. It's just regular like, not remarkable wings but mm. i get mine i go to the homie house like after shit's over with and i mean my wings over and we go on twitter and he's like at war with wings over madison because somebody was talking shit on the phone and he's like adding them threatening to pull up and talk shit to the niggas at work in the lobby of wings over madison and like getting people to call and blow their phone number up and shit then he goes on snapchat talking shit about wings over madison i think he was out of the delivery radius where the hotel was at but i literally single-handedly set that shit off so Wow. I'm not going to buy you wings. You're richer than me, but hopefully we can get wings again one day at some point under better circumstances. Oh. Not there. Not in Madison, Wisconsin. My fault. So that reminds me, Vince shouted my brother out on Twitter once because my brother played for Long Beach State. Mm-hmm. So Vince had wow. said something about my brother, like my brother had gotten a dunk in the game and he had said something about my brother. And then <laughs> there was another game where I think uh, the other team was doing pretty well and my brother tweeted something about like they got to stop treating my boy Gabe like that or something like that so yeah I forgot I had a Vince Staples story until you told you I do not have a Vince Staples story but I will say this if it if it means we don't have to talk about if it means we don't have to talk about other performances in this movie I can talk about Vince Staples performance all day because it was funny Death Press LP2 made the Vince Staples feature I'm going to call it now give us like two to three years we're we're looking forward to that also, Vince should have been the lead. Sorry yes. to cut you off. Vince that's that's what I'm that's, driving at, Vince is that he was very good. And, like, that's not true of all the people in this film. Shout out to Mildred, you feel me? Mildred, mm. I know. Supporting yeah. black business. She showed up mm. all right at the end. Renzo talked a lot of shit at the end of the day. He Here did. He did. But Renzo and Speedy, from- Renzo and Speedy, like, show as... As you know, the com- yep. when you when a movie that's built as a comedy requires comic relief, you know there's a problem, and that's what they were there for to provide the fast, rapid fire comic relief. And the truth is that in the original, Wesley Snipes and Kadeem Hardison played that role. Yeah, it was one guy riffing with Wesley Snipes who had amazing lines in it. And I'm yeah. going to say for full disclosure, I watched the. 2023 version of this movie for the first time and immediately afterwards watched the right. 1992 movie for the first time same exact thing i did this i was like same i need thing. to go back and understand what they were trying to do and I so like, may, i may have seen the original at least 50 times okay my dad yeah, and i watched that times. movie a lot of times so good it's it's excellent no, i really was, i really truly like that movie 
It was an R-rated movie in 1992. I was not allowed to go to see it in the theater. Fair enough. So you weren't alive, so it's not even an issue. Yours is just a video store. Go to Did everybody see it? But has everybody seen it at this point or no? Not in a long time, but yeah. I have seen the joke. Okay. Yeah, so Jack is no Billy Hoyle. I'll tell you that. No, I'll no Billy Hoyle at all. And that was the thing. Woody Harrelson was an like, excellent choice had, for that role. Right. You had two leads who were so charismatic. Just yes. in, incredible charisma and chemistry. Yeah. And yeah. you just did not have any of that in this movie. There were no, multiple really. dimensions to no. the acting. That's no. really the, the the huge difference. Woody Harrelson and Wesley Snipes were so good in the original movie that they let them make Money Train. Real. That's how good they were. That's, That's true. How good they were. Mm. Money, Money Train. Wow. That's funny. And this ignominious reunion. This is where me and Adam diverse. I think Jack did pretty good, bro. I'm not gonna lie. Like mm. he did all right. I wasn't mad at it. I don't feel like he was really playing himself, but I think like one of the funnier moments to me is like the first time he meets like the trainer dude. He talks about like half the comments being hater shit, which is white ballers who can't ball like the one white guy has got a spot. And you're saying that's like the great white hope of rap right now. I thought that mm-hmm. shit was hilarious. Um, I also feel like this is like a really weird thing where Jack is sort of playing like his puppet persona to where he really toys with him dipping in and out of like the racial line a lot to where it's like this is the same nigga who put like a black or brown woman's leg on his album cover. He's making like sexual homoerotic jokes. I feel like most people we play basketball, especially or in the music, you know, like one white dude like that. He's not really the homie. He just kind of mm. like is in niggas conversations when he's not supposed to be type shit. Mm. Like it was very <laughs> intriguing to me the way he was playing that shit off. He was getting a lot of racialized <laughs> shit off, which goes back to the Twitter script thing. But like nigga, like if he had to be DL or something, that would have been more interesting. Like he's gonna keep if making you... the, like dick print jokes. Come on, twin. Come on, twin. If you play basketball, you you are privy to conversations that aren't polite society conversations. When you share locker rooms with dudes, it's it's wild the shit that you hear from people, <laughs> the things that people say. And I thought none of the fun parts of that came out in the dialogue at all. It was really for the first 35, 40 minutes, it was truly. Did you know that one of us was black and one of us was white? Have you noticed that? And that like basketball makes harmony between us. Do you understand? The OG did not happening? do that shit that much no. at all. No, it was not that extra. No, it was part of the joke. It, it was part it. of the like peanut gallery. But in the game, they talk shit to each other about the game. Basically, yeah. it was more. It was more authentic. Like that kind right. of interaction and those kinds of conversations felt a lot more authentic in the first yeah. one than in this one. Like in this one, there was so much expository dialogue in this one yeah. too. Like, I, it just it felt like they they tried to fit three hundred minutes of plot into like an hour forty of screen time. Yeah. And I got pretty tired of of Jack Harlow explaining to me, yep. peace techniques. <laughs> like, I got yeah. it. Yes, you are like yeah. a centered dude who also is like ruining his life. Yes, like I just didn't want to hear it anymore about men. Like. Meditation is not going to make you a white guy, like shit like that. I was like, just who, why? I'm just saying the way they handle race in this film and they do it is with the mentality of a sitcom writer. And it's, of right. course, Kenya Barris, this is a sitcom writer's script. You're dealing with it in that sort of like, how do we convey this in the most broad, easily digestible terms? Right. And it just it's an overkill of that. When you go back to the original, they are obviously discussing race, but it's such a clearer film about poverty and mm-hmm. about what it's like to be broke in america right than it is about you're black and i'm white there are those issues there it's also there's some some casting in that film that also helps with these situations woody harrelson mm-hmm. obviously has rosie perez as his girlfriend oh, in the first movie which is so, like you know who, a like, huge difference like it's a huge it's a huge difference a, a phenomenal little, performance wild and free and is also given a character is actually given mm. a character that has some depth to it. Neither that part, and I was rooting for Tiana Taylor in this. Obviously, she's Tiana Taylor be kicking ass, bro. Great. Literally, Just for the for the record, I thought Tiana Taylor, Laura Harrier, mm. Lance Reddick, rest in peace. Oh, yeah, Lance rest Reddick, in peace. by the way, phenomenal mm. actor, like an amazing career legend. Mm. Legend. There were so and Vince Staples and Miles Bullock, like they were doing their absolute best like a hundred percent 
capabilities to prop yeah. this movie up. And yeah. I think it was just, it was like it was disappointing to me because then you deny people who are really capable of turning in performances like that sure. the opportunity to really showcase their skills because the script doesn't doesn't hold the performances up in the ways that it should. Yeah. Also, why was VTX moving like the fucking LAPD? Every time he said they that acronym out of his mouth in public, it made it back to corporate. Like, y'all niggas the feds, bro. Literally. Yeah. I get what they were trying to do with that in terms of sort of how these viral moments exist. And, and he did have a little like, bit of fame and clout, so it wouldn't be crazy for that to, like, catch on and be viral, I guess. But I, I didn't know what to do with that entire character. So Kamal is a very calm person and all of a sudden hits people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's a literal switch that flips in scenes where you're like, there's no build up to this. There's no nothing. You just like you mention his dad and he punches you. Yeah, you could have right. literally put the school fight in the first five minutes. Just actually show us the scene. It would have made way more yep. sense. Why did we have to wait until act two yeah. before we saw what actually was the thing that took him out of contention? Why do we and have like, to wait for all that flashback? We knew something happened. And the thing about his dad violence. Too. Yeah. Right. And the things about his dad, too, would like be stand much better chance of me caring a lot about it if I like knew what was going on. Yeah. You know what I mean, yep. just put somebody in a wheelchair and say they got, you know, they have a problem. Yeah. That's how we'll deal with this. The movie has this problem a lot where it, it hands you a thing and says, this is a serious thing. You need to take this seriously. We're not going to yeah. mention it anymore, really. The things they expect us to care about in this film and yeah. to latch onto this film are so force fed to us that they completely, by act three, disregard Jack Harlow taking prescription pills and drinking and owe and owing money and owing money to a character who never appears after the first act. He's gone. So his dealer, the, his last words his, his, are, Hey, are you going to give me that money basically? And he goes, yeah, I got you ah. next time. And he goes, all right, man, stay well. And given the first, given the original movie, it's like if you're trying to make nods to the original movie, you're going to say something about Sizzler. You're going to have someone get on someone's lap while they're driving a convertible. You're going to play flamethrower, like replays, flamethrower instead of the instead of the gun or the uh, the knife, like a gun or the blade. I you know, get it, I understand it, but it's like if you're going to talk about it, like okay, this guy's life gets fucked up. He's already on these prescription drugs. Now he's drinking, and then like you see him like three scenes later, and he's like. Leading up to that car, like, I want to help you on basketball. What the fuck just happened? Where's all this stuff you build up to of him having a fucking <laughs> Hi, it's problem? it's me again. Can he yeah. crash out, please? Like, can we please watch him crash out, please? We need to see something Nothing. happen. He drank some vodka at the gym. That that you was know like, what You know what makes, bottom? That's you know what bottom? makes the first one a really great movie? Woody Harrelson and Wesley Snipes and Rosie Perez. Rosie Perez doesn't come back. Yes. It's a there's a real consequence to that film, and there's none in this film. The stakes yeah, couldn't be yes. lower with how fucked up things are for these people's lives. The stakes feel low as hell. Yeah. And it's because Rosie Perez was like, This motherfucker betrayed my trust one too many times, and I'm out. I have a voice in this and I can choose a new life. Yeah. She yeah. had agency in that film. Yeah. Yeah, you slick manipulated her. Like you think like after you pissed her off and she basically left out to go be scissors assistant choreographer, you take yeah. her to dinner when she come home and you want to propose to her and, and you propose. Manipulative you manipulative gang. Like really terrible. Disgusting. And based on nothing. Red flag. Based on nothing. Yeah. Twitter would eat you alive if you posted about that relationship. If that TikTok made the timeline, be over with. Over. Yeah. Over. Mm. They would have doxed him within 20 minutes. Applauding that. Yeah. No. Done. Uh, it would have been a, a rep. It's so disappointing. And also there's no Jeopardy in this movie, which I think is very disappointing. Uh, I mean, like at least a mention of Jeopardy. That's like one of the coolest parts of the first one is that she's like obsessed with getting on Jeopardy. Yeah. And it's reads trivia books all day. <laughs> three-dimensional awesome. character. A three-dimensional character. Yes. Like, and again, yes. I think I think you're absolutely right. You know, Adam, you were saying before, basically, you 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 rattled off the names of, of the four people who did the five people who did like the best in this movie. And we're just working with what they had. And the mm -hmm. leads basically took what they had and we're just like, we're just, there's nothing else that we can do. Jack Harlow is not an experienced actor. No. So he's not able to rise to the occasion when dealing with a bad script. I, I agree that he did a good job. He, his one dimension was well done. You know what I mean? He had the, the sarcastic sort of 
almost rude troublemaker thing. He, wasn't he knows bad. the dynamic. Yeah. He, yeah. he knew how to do it. They wrote a script that highlighted what he was good at. Unfortunately, it just isn't, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's not, this it's not good also... enough to carry this film, which he needed to do. Somebody needed to, other than the co-stars that are pretty limited in their No matter what, no matter what, nobody could have made that script work. Nobody could have made that script work. That, yeah. was not, that, that was not like, but I agree with you in that. I think as a Jack Harlow vehicle, which is pretty much what this is. Yeah. For sure. He they they needed like he really needed to shine and he and he didn't. He didn't yeah. like the for the two leads to be the least charismatic on screen presences in the film. Mm, there it is. Says That's a lot. Says That's a lot. it. That's the condensed version of what we've been talking about. Is that that dude's dudes just kind of flopped. You also feel like it's like the most un LA shit. This movie does not give LA at all. It, it will cycle you around. You can go to Lamert. You can go back to Venice and tie that around, but it does not feel very LA at all. Even with yeah. the soundtrack, I see what you're trying to do. I see what you're trying to highlight, but it just didn't give mm -hmm. for me. Does anybody who knows more about LA than me, do people still play street ball yeah. in LA? Because like New York, you'll see it, but it's pretty empty out on the courts. I mean, Calif California is like the new, is to basketball. Like, I feel like a lot of the new prep stars are coming from California or going to prep school there. Like, there. That's a, lot true. Of, a lot of the best players in the pros are from there. So I feel like, because you can play basketball 12 months a year there, you know. Right. I was going to say, it's because of the weather. Yeah, you can't really do that in a lot of other places. But, no. uh, but the other, there were just parts of it where it was like, the so I looked up the actor who got knocked out twice in this movie, once by <laughs> Kamal, and then the next the, time you by mean Kevin. hold on, you mean the guy that we were supposed to be scared of? Yeah, the entire time, but actor. just kept getting knocked the fuck out. I'm like, well, what are you yeah. scared about? He's a and he's a <laughs> you knocked him out already. He's a legitimately good actor. Yeah, like, he's been you gotta watch P Valley. You gotta watch yeah. P Valley, he's fire. Yeah, okay. And then I've he never got seen knocked it. out. Twice in the second time he got knocked out by Jack Harlow. I was like, man, with I hope, no knees. I hope he either fired his agent after that or his agent <laughs> gets him a role in the next Expendables movie where he kills every Expendable. Like, you need to. That's it is fucked up how that guy only, was like baited into being a tough guy just to get knocked out. Restitution. Yeah restitution yeah and jack and i also don't like the like there was a little bit too much great white hope energy on but jack that's but that's movie, also but not as present in in the first mm -hmm, in no. my opinion in the but that's also what jack harlow brings to the table it's like if you listen to the defensiveness on his most recent album in particular like i'm not surprised there's definitely allegory here you know mm -hmm. something because because the question ultimately becomes like why did he do this movie? It can't have been a particularly lucrative vehicle, not having any box office component to it. So just being a Hulu deal, it's going to get something for his work. They filmed this movie in like two months time, not even. Um, so like, it's not like this is like a big Hollywood production. This is actually a fairly small production they put together. So it's like, well, why did you do this? Did you really be a fan of the original film or whatever? Or did you see something in the character that you identified with? This character is this aggrieved white guy who's just trying to like you know shoot for a, a dream that is well behind him for so many different reasons right you know regardless of the fallacies that exist within that or whatever like with with the physical challenges like the person who write it clearly didn't know what actually would have been a, a suitable ailment for this particular situation i'm talking about is here's somebody who who is who basically is like is doing really well and is obsessed with who are either keeping him from what he thinks he needs to be at or think that he doesn't deserve to be at that point. So there's an aggrievedness mm. to that character. Where's his that, haters on his sleeve, does he? That's that's the thing. So I, I felt like that's sort of where, you know, I don't know enough about like Jack Harlow's private life or his personal life, but I can mm. tell you that like this character in this movie didn't feel far off from what I'm hearing on those records. Uh, I'm trying to find the right phrase for it. This broached Jack Harlow essentially for the first time for your boy. Mm, okay. I have not I have not spent any time in the Harlow verse. And it wasn't out of any, just when things are that popular, they don't really need me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what do I need to have an opinion on this for? You're good. Yeah, enjoy you're very yourself. cool. We get it. John. Yeah. You're enjoy cool. arguing on the internet. Uh, but I, I, this broached it for me and uh, I hate 
I hate to be kind of a, a shithead about this, but it just kind of confirmed everything I thought would happen. Mm. I went mm. into it pretty pumped because I loved the first movie so much. And I was like, even a reasonable approximation will right. be enough for me to recall the good times. Uh, and, and you know, they'll we'll make fun of it a little bit, but, you know, maybe it'll be OK. It was and, just so bad. And that's the thing is like, you know, it's not like you're remaking The Godfather. The stakes no. for success are significantly lower. Like it just has to, like you said, it just has to be serviceable and off of did me no service. Alone. Yeah. And it and truly did. Me no it reminds me a lot of like, now that we're talking about this, I remember reading Harry Allen's essay on eight mile. Mm. Okay. Oh yeah, sure. The unbearable whiteness of them seeing when I was mm-hmm. in middle school or high school and how that shifted my perspective on eight mile. Right. But hmm. they're very similar movies in terms mm-hmm. of their intention and what they do. But the difference is, like we've been saying, white men can't jump. It, there are no stakes. None. The other characters are not written three-dimensionally. They're portrayed three-dimensionally by people who are skilled enough to do that. And also, 8 Mile is written how people talk as opposed to how computers talk. Yeah. So, mm. I'm boy, I hated Eight Mile. I don't know. I think that there's, <laughs> I think that there's, I don't know. And also, Jack Harlow was a soccer player. Was like a high school soccer player. Okay. He he yeah. looked. I mean, like his character was supposed to be very athletic and had lost a step. When they couldn't really figure out how to approximate that, I guess they did the crunching noise, ACL tears over mm. and over again. Like you don't tear your ACL really more than once, guys. <laughs> it's just gone after it's torn. You just it's just in you flapping around. Yeah. Uh having done that, I playing basketball snapped my knee like in half and then reset it myself by accident and went to a hospital and they were like, my doctor laughed at my x-ray in front of me. He was like, Oh my god, man. You're missing everything. How did you do this? Come on, talk about stakes again for a second. Because I think stakes was the big was the big problem here. Yeah, that there there is that you're not because you are dealing with characters who aren't fully written through, and there's so much melodrama in this that's trying to force you to care. You don't feel like there's anything that these characters benefit from. And the truth is, is like when there is an actual death in this film that we have been told has meaning, it happens at like a Preach. very bizarre time. And Tell is them. not able to be dealt with. Tell it's like, them. no, if it, like they put it in there as a plot device, his death at the game. So I wonder. There's no bigger sin in filming than treating death, just tossing it in somewhere. It, like, I'm sorry, but it means too much to use as a plot device unless it's a horror movie. Then it's like, sick. You can't have <laughs> Kamal's character, so much of his life is tied up in his relationship with his father, both as a trainer, as a father and dealing with medical situations like you can't have so much of that happen and then basically treat his death like this little write-off there's emotional weight to the death of a parent that they just like well you won the basketball game if i had saw my partner out in the stands get a call knowing what i knew and making that face it would not have been i'm going to continue playing basketball today I'm going to be like, did something happen to my dad? Even if he wanted to go the other way with that and kind of make it seem like a resilient sort of play, you would have had to build the character and the storyline thoroughly enough to make that work. If he's mm-hmm. like going to make the switch, like, all right, I'm out of yep. this ball. I already know what that is. I'm going to go get it right quick and then I'll go more. You can't Nailed even do that it. right. Nailed it. Yeah, absolutely right. It was, it, it wasn't his, his dad, the, the poor stuff. Like there was a lot of instances where we were, Instead of somebody just being broke and having real conversations, yeah. we were shown stupid vignettes like, oh, he's got to mm-hmm. go move his car in the middle of a pickup game to a different thing to avoid paying for parking. Okay. Just yeah. have him in a situation where he can't pay for it. And we will be like, oh, shit, he doesn't have enough money. But then he got the ticket, though. I thought, I thought they paid that one off. I'm just saying that one. No, but, yeah, it, but there's a, then there's a, a ticket is the consequence as opposed to getting your car towed or not being able to make a car payment or all these things they could have done 
to convey his situation other than I'm they just kept, stop. They kept being like, oh, by the way, did you remember he's poor? I'm like, I do. If you're broke, that's all you can think about. Trust me. Like I there's if you're for real broke, we don't need to see a parking ticket reaction. We'll know. I don't know. I just didn't love. I didn't love any of the things in the background. Any of the plot points were basically like forced foisted upon us rather yeah. than like like sh- the first one just was so good at show don't tell like the way that mm-hmm. wesley snipes's apartment looked oh yeah because he was making like illegal money and laundering it basically through buying nice shit for the apartment but they lived in like a really rough area and got robbed and stuff that's yeah. that's a beautiful way to show a person's status they did an incredible job with that. This was just like, did you know he was poor? Did you know that one of them was black and one of them was white? Did you know they were friends? Now they're meditating together. They're friends. It's yeah. fine. Don't worry about it. It's fine. There's also the use of music in this that I think we should we should talk about. And you know, I think um, I think Michael, you addressed some of this earlier in terms of some of the decisions that were made, like for the scenes in the basketball court, what songs were chose for 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 those uh, for those scenes. I'm also thinking about how in the original we have the Jimi Hendrix conversation about whether you hear Jimmy or you listen to Jimmy. And then of course the fact that the Jimi Hendrix experience is a multiracial band. And so there's the, the banter there here. They take that idea and they bring it down to, or they reform it into Ed Sheeran's shape of you. There's no part of that. That is a parallel. And it just seems like they're making a thinly veiled joke about, you know, masculinity and what is or isn't if you like a pop song versus any reason why we should care about music in this and it's like they play in this movie a song that sounds like a bootleg version of whoop there it is and then two scenes later they pay for whoop there it is help me understand (laughs) help me understand the music direction in this film why is sublime prominently featured and then played in this film we like two sublime songs for a basketball tournament we didn't even get whoop there it is we got some third woo based song that was a parody practically of the original two baffling (laughs) you called it a whoop based song it's a whoop based song that is is a new subgenre my yes let's go here on out is going to be whoop based music i was ups- i was upset i was upset like i, I know 95 South. changed the face of rap history <laughs> i know oh, no. about 95 south i know about tag team and then it's like making a fake whoop there it is i want to know i want to know <laughs> everybody gotta eat they, they always had names like big mike and the guys <laughs> well that. but we did my baby daddy what was that uh that's b-rock in the biz yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, it sounds like uh, radio hosts. Exactly. <laughs> in the morning. What were your thoughts, generally about the music usage in this film? I mean, it kind of, it never felt intentional. Like, there was never any, it was just kind of like, oh, this would be nice to play in the background of this. Oh, this kind of vaguely, loosely matches the the scene and what's happening in it. Like, oh, this, it was just kind of... Like I remember it kicked off with the passing me by instrumental. Yeah. And I was just thinking to myself, like, what? It, it wasn't it it it's always welcome. I love it that felt, song. Sure. That beat, it felt like, like AI chose the song order too. That they like chose songs for each scene. They yeah. snuck fat lip in there somewhere too. They stuck a yeah. fat lip zone in there. Exhibit yeah. was in there. Yep. What you see is what you get. Yep. Oh, and then man. it was almost like the like that episode of Veep where like they're trying to put together her playlist and they're like, are these just songs from your iPod? Like, that's kind of what it felt like. There was a, I forget what song it was, but in one basketball scene, they're just like playing like a straight up rock song why for no reason. Friends? Oh why yeah. They played, why can't we, which is like, what is this? Why? 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 I think that was post exhibit too. Nah, it, nah, it was was pre, it pre-exhibit? Yeah, it was like in the montage where they were playing. It felt like they were doing like sort yeah. of a 90s, early 2000s rap to like pay homage to the, the first movie. And then it just went off the rails. And they were like, oh, one person's like, black and the other person is white. Don't you get it? Fuck. 
Oh, it is. Yeah, let that sink in. I forgot about that. I wish oh, they reminded me. <laughs> also, on a on a more serious, no, more serious than use of just the two of us. <laughs> just the two of why? <laughs> like why? The, the musical sins of this and, film, father and child. Yeah, like or, it's like a parent and a child. Why did they? And I'm sorry. Why does the credit sequence play? What's popping and not Tyler Harrow when Tyler Harrow's on the fucking court with Jack Harlow when Tyler Harrow was on the fucking uh, Tyler Harrow video with Jack question. Harlow? Excellent question. Excellent question. Excellent question. That's a great question. This film has so many sins it commits, both all, against all right, the original so, and on the music front for sure. On that note, so this mm. is something I was just thinking about. Jack Harlow's character gets choked out right. on camera mm-hmm. for calling somebody a failure. And in that case, the person who chokes him out is a black man who's wrong for doing that. And then Jack Harlow knocks a black man out toward the end of the movie. And it's supposed to be like lionizing him as some like tough guy or some sacri- sacrificial like. Mm-hmm. That's Adam, other- you mean, you mean, you mean a real nigga, Adam. That's what you mean. Hmm. That's what the character said in the background. He's a real nigga. That's oh, what now, huh? is Renzo said that. Renzo said that. You're absolutely right. Which is like he was knighted. The movie knighted him. Uh, yeah, I totally forgot that that was a thing, Michael. I totally forgot about. They should have gave him a pass on screen. Ben should have gave him a pass. As so, as you know which pass. He showed up. <laughs> he showed up to the birthday party with a bottle of honey. He did. Uh, he also asked for a discount from a street artist. Based on being a white guy that helps the black community, right? You supposed you getting taxed extra for real? I'm, I'm, I'm that was real. you. That's something that happened. You're supposed to pay more on Bandcamp if you're the white guy. That's what I'm. I mean, that's what they did. They wrote that into the script, unless he went off cuff there, and they kept it for some ungodly reason. That was written, and he delivered it. If nobody in the room was like, mm, "Is that necessary? Why can't you just buy his girl a gift?" Your light skinned girlfriend, Jack, and not, de- and not demean this street artist with twenty five dollars off of a piece of art. Although I do really kind of like that she didn't care for it; <laughs> she wasn't a big fan. You talking about you walking through Lamert playing ball in Lamert, talking about you about to buy some property out there? No, nigga, that's the problem. One of my besties is from Lamert. We don't need more of y'all on Lamert. Can I bring up something? I want to know if people thought it was a positive or negative in this film. I get the feeling I know the answer. Okay. Uh, um, positive or negative, Slink Johnson. Positive. AKA Black, AKA Black Jesus comes in. Absolute positive. For like a minute and 14 seconds. Still brief. Where, where, where are you at on it? Amazing. Thank God some LA shit happened. A breath of fresh air. Yeah. A yeah. gray faced, all. <laughs> I laughed very hard. Like Johnson, he was all in. He was just like, "Oh, I'm only on for like one minute. No one will forget that minute. I'm taking this minute and I'm going all in on it." It's like Noriega and Full. It's like a performance. Full man. I would have stayed on the set. It was. I didn't even. I don't even particularly think the writing's funny. I just think he's a funny dude. He just came in and was a clown. It was great. So good. oh man, I loved it. Okay, cool. I figured we'd all agree on that. <laughs> no, I think we were all there. Yeah. Regional so, manager at the spectrum. <laughs> <laughs> he was pumped too. I loved it. I loved how pumped he was. He was like, yo, it's a real job. Fuck y'all. I made it. It's beautiful. <laughs> I love the energy. Yeah. I want to finish this out with a bit of a thought experiment. I'd love to get everyone's perspective on this. So the director of this film, Calmatic who prior to this year was mostly known for music videos, Lil Nas X, Kendrick Lamar, has now dropped two movies this year that are remakes of 1990s films. He had House Party, which came out earlier this year. Jeff and I went to go see that, I think, opening week. Uh, opening we night. Pre- we were pretty it stoked. Was a Friday so night. We, we went in. opening night uh, to the AMC on 42nd Street. Yeah, after we'd been drinking at uh, Margaritaville. Correct. And... Well, you had, I don't drink. Gary, that's true you? you don't drink we were smoking yeah, he was there allegedly at the amc you know what i'm saying you don't let these people mm. know they were about you know what i'm saying hey, <laughs> well, yeah now if they know where we were six months ago they'll know where we are now that's a good exactly. i heard you didn't pay too but that was allegedly that's what Ooh, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> we know about that shit we know what you did accusations mm-hmm. accusations we know what you did allegedly so gary we've got house we got house party and now there's white man can't jump Hmm. So these things come in threes. 
as mm. life dictates. Don't do this. Oh, I have to do it. Right. What film from the 1990s should Calmatic do next? Django. Juice. From the 90s. <laughs> from the 90s. Oh. <laughs> you heard what I said? Django. <laughs> Django. Uh. Uh, cliffhanger. Cliffhanger, just wow. just throw a crazy curveball. I'm laughing on muted niggas. I'm laughing on muted niggas. <laughs> no. Last action hero. Last action hero. Ooh, that's a good one. That's actually good. Last I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna say it right now. The mask. Hardball. Oh. That'll be hard. That'll be hard. The, the count mask. The mask. The mask. Was- Here's the thing. Rewatching the mask is a, it's a real debacle. It's horrible. Uh, such a bad movie. It's such a bad It's movie. really, and it's truly un, unremarkably bad. Like, it's yeah, so yeah, bad yeah. that you truly, what are you doing with your life? You're watching this movie. It's, uh, you can't, can you make it worse? I'm not even saying about making it worse. I'm just saying, like, pick, he's clearly in That's what movie. I mean. Like, this might be a win. Of, it's like, there are these, there are all these directors out there who exist, who make sequels to movies you've already heard of. Sure. So American like, Sniper. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Major League. Uh, I think that in this case, in the masks case, in the case for the mask, okay, is that I think it's a good win rate. House Party, already a good movie, yeah. And true. so there's only down to go. You can't really remake it now. It's a different thing. I thought yeah. the actually really I kind of enjoyed the House Party remake. I enjoyed it, but like, White it's Men not, Can't Jump. It's not Reginald Hudlin. Like it's not On, what no, was of done. course not. No, it's not nearly as good as, and nor should it be called House. If it was not called House Party, people would be like, "This isn't that bad." No, I would have said it was bad. It was bad. It was bad, regardless. I don't know. They kind of like took over LeBron James' house. Juvenile was there. I had a good time. Some some rowdy teenagers were yelling behind us. It was great. <laughs> I had a blast. Uh, but White Men Can't Jump, another one that's like up on a pedestal. Don't give them pedestal movie. Yeah. Give him the mask and then just make it ridiculous. I think it'd be amazing. I think you could actually, I think you could pull it off. I think you have to start with a film that is not beloved. Mm. So that way, when you remake it, we're not looking at it with the expectations of these other films because I got a groove back. Mm. Oh man, he would ruin that. Let's do it. How about a boo, a Medea Halloween? Wow. Now we're talking. We're talking now. You cook it. I'm going (laughs) to. <laughs> I got ideas. I I'm got gonna, ideas. I'm, I'm gonna blow y'all's minds. I'm gonna tell you right now. I really loved this movie. Here's the deal. What, what, is, Madea, Halloween? Uh I haven't caught it yet. I've been waiting that for shit it. Had like a, remember that 10 I'm minute waiting for Halloween with the three characters for like 10 fucking minutes with no cuts. You remember that shit? Why? Go ahead, G. I'm sorry. What, what's the recommendation? Yeah. I love it. I love it specifically because we've watched a bunch of good movies in a row and we're back. Cabbages is back. People are mad. They're complaining. We're back, baby. And I just—you're never getting another good movie again, fans. We gave you a taste, and you'll never taste it again. It's over for you. We try and make y'all. It is over for you, hoes. Cabbages is for the masochist. You heard, and that's an internal rhyme. Masochist only club. Get out of here with your good movies. It's all trash from here on out. It's trash all the way down. Cool as ice. Coming next. Cool as ice, baby. The the last 90 seconds have rendered me speechless. <laughs> Look, when this strike is over, we about to cash out. You're going to be speechless <laughs> while we getting money. That's this movie rules, dog. Are you kidding Shit. me? I can't Michael wait to get some SAG health care, nigga. I can't wait. You can't say after the conversation we just had that mm. this was not the right movie to have you guys oh, on as guests for. Was, they should have casted us. That's where they fucked up at. We should have started the episode with that. Like you looking at the ones that could have did it right here. You feel me? Yes, that's true. Hey, if you're listening, women can't jump 2025. <laughs> we got it cast already. If you we, we drop the album cast, at the same time too. Yes, the rest that's of the exactly. cast back together and a human writer. And then say back. that Ian wouldn't curate the craziest soundtrack for that shit. Our shit would be busting. That'll give me enough time to get in shape and Michael enough time to learn how to play basketball. Okay. I think that those are. And you're famous. That that's, yeah, there you go. Did you, know, did you know that you're Jewish and I'm black? Wow. <laughs> that's, cra- that's crazy. I wonder Holy if we can shit. accentuate that point for an hour and 44 minutes. Yeah. When does is, when is the Kanye cameo come in? Um, I'd rather have a I'd rather have a cameo cameo than a Kanye cameo. I saw the movie before Gary and was like anticipating Gary's complaints. 
And I was like, whenever he says, my God, this movie is bad. I'm going to guess that we have at least an hour left. Do you want to guess when he, how much time we had left when he made the complaint? An hour. 20 minutes. An hour and 31 minutes. <laughs> he was immediately like, this fucking sucks. And I was like, there's an hour and a half of this movie left, Gary. So like <laughs> so 11 minutes. No, nine minutes in. Nine it's minutes like in. like 11 minutes in, yeah. So for as, crazy, <laughs> as crazy as that is, as, as wild as we've been talking about it, my first comment in my notes mm-hmm. was, I thought it was going to be awful, and it was just mediocre. So that mm. was nice. Okay. Good movie. I would like to shout out everybody, you know, that could be the Jack Harlow's of the world, but I'd also like to shout out the niggas like me who played every sport for at least like three days or maybe even a whole season and got participation trophies after never making one shot, but also getting a technical foul for cussing out the ref saying he fucked up a call. That was me. I didn't cuss him out. I wasn't crazy. But like, I definitely told a nigga he needed to be fired and he looked at my number and called a tech on me. There's hope. There's hope. I played I play football for three days. I quit because I was running too much. I'm a computer guy. My back is fucked up. But I can rap though. It's hope for all of us. Hey, Jeff. Oh, hello, Gary. You know, as much as I enjoyed the conversation we just had with Def Prez. And it really was terrific to to get their perspectives. Oh, what a time! Movie. We had a blast. Uh, I, I've sort of uh, reached a certain limit for myself. Uh, not about the the movie being bad or, or or what have you, but I've reached a limit in terms of how much basketball I can watch on screen. Mm. As you have you, made... you as a non basketball fan, you've. You've suffered through what what I'd like to tell you actually is like some of the worst of basketball movies. Mm. Like as far as the actual basketball action was just kind of ridiculous and not very good mm-hmm. to like one that actually had some really good basketball scenes in it and had pro players who did like funny spots. Yeah, that I didn't catch. Right, because you didn't know who they were. And that's totally fine. It was like Blake Griffin and Tyler Hero in this movie. Yeah. So... One was obviously much worse than the other. <laughs> yes. Which and is which why was, I loved it so And which so one much. was that, Jeff? And which one was that, Jeff? I got to tell you, man, my favorite of the two is White Men Can't Jump because we are back, as we <laughs> reviewed earlier. Uh, uh, but I, this this is a stunning rearrival into, like, unwatchable nonsense. Yes. A stunning and- rearrival. And all I ask, really, at the end of the day, is that if we're going to go back to watching bad movies, if that is where we're the, really, the trap really, opens up quick. If that's if we're back there, if we're going, if we're back in hell, if this is where we're going to be. I just don't want to watch another one about basketball right now. Like, can we just do something else? Yeah, like just something yeah. that's not about that. I'm not saying like, but still bad. Have a basketball, but like, yeah, if we're going to say like we're going to watch start watching some bad rapper movies, then just no basketball. That, you know, Gary, we're recording this in the in the real beginnings of the throes of summer here. Mm, yep. You know, it's starting to get real hot out there. Yeah, sure. There's really only one surefire way Ooh. to beat the heat. Oh, I'm going to say it. That's to get cool as ice. He said it. He said it. Let's watch Cool, cool, as, as, ice. cool as Ice. Let's cool watch as Ice. We, we got to get ice. the right guess. Yeah, we gotta get the right guests. It can't just be any right guests. Can't be like this was this was such a good episode because we had the right guests. Cool, cool as ice. ice. It's the Cabbages Podcast Network. <laughs>